0: Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak Podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling, and this is the show I produce in Sydney, Australia, where I speak to leading guitarists and guitar figures from all around the world. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, today I welcome back Eric Fortaleza to the show. You might recall Eric being a special guest a couple of episodes ago for our NAM special and Eric spoke to us after uh, heading to NAM as a guest of Aguilar Amplification, of whom he is an endorser. That was very cool, so I was keen to get Eric back and uh, hear his full story as a musician. Eric very kindly invited me to his home studio. It turns out we don't live very far from each other at all. And uh, we sat down, had a jam, which was awesome. We haven't, haven't played together in some time. And uh, it was great. We talked about Eric's influences, uh, checked out his collection of vintage and custom shop Fender basses, talked about some of the jobs he's got going, what it, what it means to be an MD, uh, the importance of building community as a musician. That's something Eric has always done and uh, more stuff beside. It was a great jam, so uh, with no further ado, let's move straight into that conversation. Here we go. man Eric Ford welcome back to the guitar speak podcast
1: thanks for having me back i'm I'm glad that we got to do uh 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 hopefully a a more a more detailed one I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed featuring uh last week if, if I don't know when you're releasing this yeah this but will last be, this will be in a few weeks but yes okay. we did speak last
0: week so. yeah. okay <laughs> but yeah 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 so that was the Nam special and your Nam chip was insanely epic
1: yeah I, I enjoyed it i um I also realized that there's an there's Summer NAM. Yeah, as well. There's, I was like, "Oh, should I go? I don't know." <laughs> that's uh, um that's Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. Well, it, this is what's interesting cuz yeah. around Summer NAM, it's also Clapton's doing his Crossroads in uh-huh. Texas. So it's around uh, sort of in that same yeah, yeah, yeah. same time. So if you if anyone decides and wants to go to NAM, if they plan their trip <laughs> that's right, the that's the time cuz Clapton's doing Crossroads again. And yeah. then NAMs in Nashville, and it's all just in, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. all happening. So if nice. I could go, if I just had the money to just like oh yeah, I'll just go. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to watch, <laughs> I'd love to be able to watch both of those and be able to attend both of those. Definitely,
0: definitely. It's interesting with Clapton too because we're not sure how much longer he will do I, these have, with his hands. He's got that that hand.
1: Have I? I don't think I've ever seen him live. I don't think I don't. Last time he was here, I think was Opera House, right? Oh no, it was with trucks will it wake steve jordan yes i think i don't think i was i don't think i got the chance to yeah to watch that but i've heard amazing stories about that about that that concert but man
0: the eric for lisa (laughs) story this is awesome
1: thanks for having me it's like a little platform to uh to stroke my ego, <laughs> but <laughs> thanks for thanks, thanks for letting me letting
0: me do it. Pleasure. Now we first met. I don't know. It was probably five, six, seven years ago. I
1: think. I think so. I think that long ago. So like more than five, surely. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Um, around the around the, the wedding agency scene. Yes. Like, yes. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, great talent floats around there. You just you just never know what where who you'll meet. Yeah, I've and, met and as you you have as well. Lots of cool people doing that stuff. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to. I don't because we've done a few already. I don't remember the exact one. I do. do, you oh, you do. You do? oh, you do. You do. Oh crap. Okay. Go. Well, it was memorable for a couple. It was at the Sydney Opera House.
0: So I tell everyone I've played the Sydney Opera House. But when I say I've played the Sydney Opera House, I've played functions in like the stairwells and in the <laughs> restaurants, <laughs> oh, never the a- concert hall. So I was in the um. It wasn't. It wasn't the Benelong restaurant. It was in the other one. And I remember this for a couple of reasons because the okay. carpet. Because it was, you know, seventies um, design everywhere still at the opera house, like the carpets, up the walls. So every guitar note I played just didn't make it very far. Ah, it just end. ate it up. It was. It sounded incredibly dull, and your amp blew up. Did it? Oh yeah. my goodness! Your amp. Blew, it wasn't an Aguilar, by the way.
1: Oh, it wasn't Aguilar back then.
0: It wasn't no. Oh, so just good. saying like my friends Agula.
1: <laughs> Yeah, because Aguilas don't blow up <laughs> That's that's right So you ended up wow, doing that Okay, so that would have been a very long time ago then that yeah, would, yeah, yeah, yeah Because I started using Aguila 2012, 2011 Yeah, yeah So
0: this was this would have been before then It was definitely before then, yeah Oh my goodness I was with Danny Amash. shout out to Danny Oh my goodness, that would have
1: been so long ago
0: and we're like, man, this guy like his amp's not working. So yeah.
1: Was that was? Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that when uh, we had there was we had time to there was a big gap. Yeah. No. Yeah. There was a big gap between setup and gig.
0: Yeah, because I set up, I went and played another gig, and then I came back for the waiting. And you got there. I don't know. You were there by the time I got back or something. Oh my it was kind of weird.
1: Yeah. That's right. Oh, oh, like it's it's nice actually. <laughs> I'm glad you remember because it's just nice to like recounted in your head oh yeah, my yeah. goodness all yeah. right so that would have been the time that i was like all right time to get a new amp Could and have been the aguilar um, that would inspiration have been the, yeah. <laughs> um yeah um i remember the amp actually but uh just because i don't want to make anyone feel bad about yeah. themselves i'm not going to name the amp that blew up but <laughs> i remember cool. the exact amp that blew up yeah yeah <laughs> oh my
0: goodness and anyway but you've
1: done like a, about a million gigs since then i uh Yeah, I mean, not a million, but I think from that, so if that, that would have been a good six, seven, no, eight years ago, Yeah, yeah, seven, seven years ago. So yeah, I think, I think I tried to make sure that I could do it for a living longer than two years. Yeah. So we're in 2019 now. Yeah. 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 That was 2011-ish. Yeah. So I think I did, no, you know what? I'll say it. I think I did okay. I did okay to survive. Definitely. I'm still alive. Definitely. So it's good that we're now we're doing this. Yeah, man. Let, let's back it up. When did you start playing? Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm pretty late compared, compared to my uh, fellow uh, constituents, if that's the right word. For yes. sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I grew up out west in, in Western Sydney in Blacktown, and I, I, was, I played footy, actually. That was mm-hmm. most of my high school and my primary school days, F- yeah. footy for sport. I didn't pick up the guitar in, until I was 16. So 2006, 2005, 2006 around yeah, that time, okay. and I didn't pick up the bass until about 2017, 2000, like or late 2016, or maybe 2017. It was pretty late in my years, but um. So 2017? Ah, uh, sorry, 20, 2007. Okay, no, anyway, sorry, sorry guys. Um, That's still very recent. Yes, very. I was very late. I was yeah. very late in in, in my uh, journey as a as a bass player. It was uh, to, It's a long story and I always tell it, but to keep it short, and I always say this, keep it short. Um, four friends all played acoustic guitar around 2006. Um, and with any group, there's always a better guitarist. So the best guitarist became the guitarist. And out of the four, there was the best singer. I'm not saying they're great singers. I'm just saying, oh, I'm not saying he was a great singer. He's just the best singer in the group. yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying the guitarist is a great guitarist. He's just the best guitarist sure. in the group. So they get the job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And eventually, um, my friend's dad, so uh, person number three, and if I'm person number four, person number three, my friend's dad had like an eBay addiction. Mm-hmm. And every week, he'll, ha- he'll just have something new. He'll have like a gym set. He'll have like, an, I don't know, just random things. Like you just have new stuff. And one of them was one week, it was a drum, drum kit. And my friend's like, oh, I have a drum kit at home. So you got this guy who's the best singer. You got this guy who's the best guitarist in the group. Now you got this guy who is the only person with a drum kit. And I was like, I guess I'm the bass player. Yeah,
0: right. So
1: I, at the time, I was working at um, Lone Star Steakhouse and Saloon. And I <laughs> told myself, <laughs> which is that's actually, it's not, it's not there anymore. But that was my first job. That's with the peanuts on the floor. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they're not allowed anymore really? because someone slipped. Ah. And then there was someone got sued, someone sued or something yeah, like that. Some idiot. That like always. Yeah. So, um, and then I co- I saved up enough. I saved up enough money to uh, buy a bass amp and a bass. And the bass amp was an old Fender Rumble. Oh, nice. And uh, the the bass was an old OLP Music Man copy. oh yeah. And yeah. that's somewhere. I think it's either in this house or someone I know has it. Because um, I. I use it I just lend it out now to people that want to learn sure so it's somewhere floating in the universe and the moment I got that I quit I uh-huh. was like all right I have what I need and then I started this band I remember I first got it Feb 1 because we because I know two. I had two weeks later I had a gig and it was Valentine's Day Wow so we had <laughs> by gig I mean just like three song performance at yeah. at the assembly in high school yeah yeah and we were playing like uh, just there's videos online that i've made private they're floating around there (laughs) it's like uh your body's wonderland uh for you i will yeah i don't remember the other song but it's just all these cheesy 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 songs that were the the hit at the time Mm -hmm. but yeah so um so i started late 2007 17 years old um i tried to pursue and that was a year that i tried to do music in high school for year 11 and 12 but Unfortunately, I was telling you before this that um, my high school didn't have enough students to do music. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't get to study music in my high school. Um, but I think that forced me to be like, well, um, there's no excuse. I practiced hard and long to make sure I th- to make sure that I was in a position that I thought I needed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I was wrong, but <laughs> I still practiced and I thought was correct. Sure, saying, sure. is what I'm saying yeah. Um, but yeah and that's pretty much how I started playing and after high school uh, well it's a longer story than I thought it was going to be after high school <laughs> um, a lot of my friends got cars or traveled overseas and I told my parents um, instead of paying for me f- to go overseas or buying a car can you buy me a bass and they're like no we're not going to buy you a bass because you graduated high school we'll buy you a bass if you get into university. So I got into medical science at UWS. Wow. wow. And uh that's when my parents helped me buy a Fender bass. I okay. got a Fender Jazz bass, American Standard, yeah. 2008 Fender Jazz bass, maple maple neck, yeah, 3-tone 3-tone sunburst, standard American Standard. Nice. Beautiful. And nice. um and yeah, and then as I kept studying this medical science thing, I kept playing the bass more and more and I think I, with with anyone I think the better the instrument the more inspired you get okay you know compared to my $300 OLP Music Man copy yep. and now you're getting like an American Standard Jazz bit, your first Fender yeah and yeah. you're like there's more like there's no excuse now is that what I told myself and um, I then I just felt the calling to study music mm-hmm. and telling my parents hey mom and dad I think I want to Pursue music, and I want to drop medical science. And uh, I'm Filipino in descent, so I have Asian parents. So telling your Asian parents that, um, <laughs> "Hey, I want to drop off, I want to drop medicine, yeah, yeah, and pursue, um, pursue, <laughs> pursue music." And I was surprised when they told me, "You know what? Do what you love." Wow, and that's all awesome, that set man. the course so to cool. where I am. I think, brilliant, so good, man. Thanks for letting me share all that. I know I said short story, but. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean I know
0: you man, it's all good. It's a podcast, it's perfect. Thank you.
1: Thanks for that's why I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for all the listeners for this three hour podcast. <laughs> so um so you study was that at AIM? No, so um I what I I saw every every time I caught the train going to going to UWS, I saw this kid with a lanyard that had JMC.
0: Oh, okay. On it. Yeah. Like,
1: what is that? And I just googled it on my um nokia n95 <laughs> like what is this james evening and i'm like oh you can study music what <laughs> i had no idea my my oblivious self had no idea yeah, yeah. my 2009 self what? early 2000 january 2009 or oh, march 2009 self whatever year uh, whatever month it was had no idea that you can actually study music uh-huh. and then i researched more about it i'm like what you can actually study music that's so cool um, and yeah, and I heard that they have, uh, because obviously I thought it was too late. It would have been too late to do that first year, mm-hmm. but they had a mid-year intake that oh, starts okay. at July yeah. and it continues and you don't get a summer break. Uh, you know, yeah, you don't get Christmas break. Right. And it continues on. And by second year you join the rest of the, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's, it made a lot of sense. I'm like, oh, well, I'll have a few months off and get to, yeah, nice. you know, but at the same time I had to audition. And like I said, I never, I, yeah, I, I didn't get to study music. So my reading wasn't there. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't read back then. I still can't read now, but (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, yeah, like my reading was nowhere near what I, where I wanted it to be. My playing, my technique wasn't where just, 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 this is more in like in reflection to what I can see, what I was. But back then I thought I was like, yeah, I'm the best. (laughs) <laughs> it was a bad little ego that I think everyone has when they're in a small pond. Sure, sure. And yeah, and I auditioned and for some reason I got in. Nice. And um, I think that helped me figure out re- and refine refine what I needed to, what where I needed to be and what I needed to do. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I remember JMC. They started out as an audio school. Um, That's right. That's and, right. And ended up doing the... the- the performance music, yeah, yeah right. which is great and they're still doing it yeah I know a bunch of guys who have been through it. You
1: yeah, know, no yeah now they're like b- even bigger now they're in ultimo now and they have yeah. they have management they have uh uh game creation like people can make games yes it's epic now they're it's doing nuts. they're doing everything every wow
0: year. and what were you playing what were you playing at uni what was your music yeah music what okay. were you into and um, bass players who, who okay. was really shaping
1: okay so uh in turn like if i could just do history of influence is the big the i'll have to say it um he may not be the most influential now to me but flea is like the guy the guy that opens the door yeah yeah for most bass players and like he was the one that looks like he looked like that he was having the most fun out of all the bass players (laughs) that you watch um Yeah, yeah so he was the guy that opened the door for me um so that was most of my high school yeah. I got into the slapping thing And my, I thought That was like The faster you slap The better yes. Bass player you'll be Wrong But <laughs> um, Early um, Phil Scorgy was my teacher If you guys don't know Phil Scorgy yeah, Man Phil. Australian bass legend Yes um, Played with Played for everyone And everyone And one of, the, one of the most Sought after bass players Yeah In his time um, Phil was the one That introduced me to Everything e- By everything I mean Like at least jazz mm-hmm. At least Um from Chikoria to um, to to uh, Jaco, Phil Phil was the one that showed me that okay, this these are changes, um, these are notes. <laughs> you know, like imagine being first year of uni, like couldn't read, but um, he showed me, he showed me charts, and he was the one that showed me how to how to read, how to follow, how to know where signs are, how to know all of that, know the harmony and what. The complexity of chords and what notes you can, what notes you can play on top of them to be able to solo. I'm not, I don't. It's not really my thing to solo now, but I'm talking about at least the understanding of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, the the guys that I was really getting into at the time was Marcus, okay, because he was that. I guess from the flea transition of slapping, yeah, to yeah. now okay. this more refined, yeah. funky. Uh, funky is not the word. Refine, complex mm. more complex style of slap slap bass, and that was Marcus and Marcus made me spend a lot of money because it I thought I was in this never ending search for tone, right, and it was like I wanted to get my my thought process was like I need to get the best pickups, I need to get the best preamp, I need to get the best bass strings, and I'll get the best bass tone mm-hmm. um and that was that wasted a lot of my money. I okay. bought all these different preamps and all these different things. It was fun. It was a fun little experiment. Yeah. But I think I've gone full 180 now. I'm in this. I enjoy a passive P bass. Yeah. Right. You know that kind of thing. But anyway, so Marcus was the one that. Yeah. yeah. Like it's all your, you know, all your um, quintessential bass player heroes yeah. early on, um, and you got Victor, Victor Wooten. Yeah the guys that you're like, oh my goodness, Tal, of course, yeah, yeah. because she was the one that was like, she was the dream for every, at least for me, because I was like, oh, she was Australian, and maybe I can, I'll be able to be up there one day, and leave, and leave Sydney, um, and, well, she well, started late too, like, yeah, like she was she, a
0: guitarist as well, from 14, she didn't play bass till she was 16,
1: yeah, I, that's why I, always, I use her as a little like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can do it, I can figure my, my crap out nice man she was on
0: the show by the way I'm just, just saying cause I'm I, know, I know I'm excited I'm excited to.
1: when is she, when is she... Uh, by the time this goes to air she would have already been on the show <gasps> can't wait I can't wait to I'm, I'm going to pretend I've heard it now it okay. was so amazing <laughs> it was <laughs> um, man it was <laughs> I can't wait to hear it awesome um, but yeah so that's but but the biggest guy and now the biggest guy that continued to stay as an influence is Pino yeah. He's Pino the, yeah Pino Palladino Yeah Pino Palladino He's the guy wow. that made me continu- Well out of all of them of, co- of course I'm Like Marcus and Victor And Stanley Clark And, and Jaco yeah. And Jamison Jamison even yeah. They're never going to stop Being an influence to me Of course But the one The, the person that helped shape And continue to this day Shape my I, My thought process On how to approach bass Is Pino yeah, and right. that's that's wh- why I think I ended up on the P bass, and that's been my longest, my longest stint. Okay, ever since. Yeah, you know, Pino, Pino was the guy that made me like, oh my goodness, like, all, like, I was I spent all this money on preamps and pickups and strings and making sure that I got the right thing, but all he had was a beat up P bass mm-hmm. with with old strings. Awesome man, you know, and I just heard that his his tone would either be all the way off, all the way up. Or just a little bit, yeah, like 10%. Okay.
0: Yeah. Now, what, what records did you discover him on? Okay, because so I'm the, older than you and I think okay. we have got a different right. Pinot
1: okay. entry point. All right, all right. I'm excited. I'm excited because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I, so as a young bass player, I always loved the thought of there's no excuse. So it all oh, it started with me having, didn't get, for not being able to study music in high school. Mm-hmm. I told myself, no excuse. You got YouTube. It's yeah, all there. Yeah. Everything all right. you need is all there. Um, from uh, now you have you have the knowledge to know what preamps and pickups and strings your heroes use. It's all there. There's no excuse. Um, I like to go in deep dives on my heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, with Pino, I got introduced to him, obviously with John. John Mayer's Continuum. Yeah, okay. Um Everyone knows how much of a big John Mayer fan I am and I'm not going to hide it. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, man. I th- I thought one of one of the best albums at that time and that came out 2006. Yeah. So that's around s- the yeah. time I started playing. Yeah, okay. So that's that was always subconsciously playing because I loved the songs. Didn't know who the players were, mm-hmm. but I just loved the songs. Yeah. Um because I was in my Red Hot Chili Peppers mindset. Yeah, yeah. And I and I'm like, "Oh, back in my head was still this john mayer thing and i'm like it was this?" eventually um being able to watch john mayer's live where the light is dvd i saw who this guy is yeah i saw what okay. he looks like yeah. I was like oh some old guy yeah. <laughs> but man can he play yeah um and then the deep dive happened you know like he had his fretless phase yes i was like okay yeah. so th- started on there i was like okay don't have a fretless but you, you know you can see where he's developing with um Paul Young Paul Young yeah and then he did a lot of like Elton John as well mm. and um, uh, uh, oh my god I'm gonna forget his name and my friend Jack's gonna Phil Collins sorry Jack uh, like he was on all those little records as well like mm. he was the main guy that everyone wanted when they heard that uh, Paul Young fretless yeah, bass yeah. sound yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. we want that um, and then uh, the the great the, I think the Nice trend, nice combination of that whole blues thing, that whole funk Marcus R&B thing. Was Pino's playing in Voodoo, mm-hmm. in D'Angelo's Voodoo? Yeah, yes. And that's that's where I felt the most at home. Yeah, I was like, oh my goodness, this is the mix of everything that I enjoy. From uh, Pino's, obviously, really subby. I I feel they're very subby basslines. Mm-hmm. They they live more in the sub range rather than the Marcus. Swang, yeah absolutely and uh, and it had that mix of harmony so that gave me that fed my my ears in that sense in my mind in terms of harmony and it had that funk thing as well Mm -hmm. so it it mixed all of that in that little mixture of nice melting pot of I think you know I enjoy the most so that's and Erica Bardu is on there as well he's in common stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah so that's that's how he's the one that now has helped me figure out yeah, At least where cool. where I want to place myself. Very yeah. cool. I first heard him doing the Paul Young stuff yeah. in the eighties,
0: and um, I had a fre- well, I, I got a fretless bass, <laughs> but I didn't know what the octave was. I didn't I didn't know why it still didn't sound like you. <laughs>
1: ah, nice. What well, what was the octave like? Was the OC two? I think I, it would I have think...
0: been. I think that's what he would
1: have had. Yeah. Okay. And it was. I think was it a Music Man fretless? Yeah. So it was a seventies fretless Music Man that he had. Yeah. Nice. Um. I I currently have one now. I had a fretless. I bought a, a I bought a fretless Music Man a couple of years ago, but mm-hmm. it's another world, man. Like yeah, it's right. I I sold it. I use it I use it for I did this um Stevie Wonder show and a lot of those Stevie Wonder tunes. It could either be a fretless bass, mm-hmm. not really sure, or it could have been Stevie's synth synth stuff, yeah. So yeah, yeah. and the most the most uh I could try to be appropriate to that was a synth bass uh yeah. a fretless bass yeah, and yeah. um okay. yeah i'm intonation uh, the the fretless that i bought had no lines yeah it had the dots mm-hmm. so i yeah so it was like oh that's that's hard yeah, my yeah. ears are like yeah it's not there i'm <laughs> yeah. um, just faking it i felt and i sold it but um here's the thing here's the thing i don't know if you know this but um i always couldn't find the best tones for music man mm-hmm I think I think I stuffed that up a lot, and I always felt that it was too bright and too twangy. The, until because the music man I had uh, no, it had like a four band EQ, no three band. So it had four knobs, and the and the input was on the side. So I think bass, uh, volume, bass, mid, treble, volume, bass, mid, treble. Yeah, that would yeah. be the thing. The current music man I bought now, I have a new one. It's a classic, I think they're called. Uh, volume, bass, treble, mm-hmm. and I think that's all yeah. I'm not really a fan of the mid, but I used to put everything on a hundred. Yeah. Because there's <laughs> no well, I just and I used to think that it was either volume, bass, a hundred percent, treble, a hundred percent. I didn't know that there was a cut on the music man because there's no, there's no you can't feel if there's a middle ground. No. 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 So, but apparently there is. Yeah, you got to find. Yeah. find. But you find it. You can't feel it because there's no click. Yeah. So, but there is a middle ground. And I was like, that's why. Mm. And now I felt like an idiot this whole time that I'm like, I couldn't, I could never find that Music Man sound that I enjoyed because I would just turn everything up and mm. I would cut something, but I couldn't find the because mi- I didn't know that was the middle. I thought flat, everything was all on. So that shows that I'm still learning. Yeah, <laughs> no. But yeah, now I'm like, ah. There's a middle ground on uh-huh. bass and trouble sure. and there's the sound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's what's some of your favorite piano groups? Do you want to play some? Yeah, um just because I don't I'll get the piano bass. Uh, so oh, So I got I had an opportunity to to buy the Pino Paladino signature P bass. Which is a custom shop, man. And that's up,
0: killer. I've I've met this place before. It's so but good.
1: What's special about this one, actually, is I got it signed by Pino himself at oh. the very back. Yeah, man. Um. So, quick story. Um. I knew he was playing because I uh, I'm playing for I was playing for Michael Duchesne, and he got to, he won the Soulfest competition where he was opening up for the international stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he there was a whole week's of competition for it and he won it and. I knew Pino was going to be I've never seen Pino live I've seen Mayer live Okay But Pino I've never seen Pino live There was never a chance that I could The time that he could have been here With The Who He wasn't here mm-hmm. The time that he could have been here With Nine Inch Nails He wasn't here um, Yeah Maya wasn't here So there was never really a chance And um, But then I found I heard that He was going to be here for D'Angelo And this is how I found out Because he has no social media Okay And neither does D'Angelo so I don't know who's who's in D'Angelo's okay, band. They're, okay. they're very quiet on their socials. Until someone... <laughs> I just assumed he was going to be there because D'Angelo loves Pino. Okay. okay. Until someone messages me, Sandro Bueno, uh, percussionist, Brazilian percussionist, was at 5.05 and is like, bro, this is a Tuesday night. Bro, Pino's here at 5.05. <laughs> and I drove straight there, missed him, he already left. But that's when I knew that he was going to be at Selfless because okay, that was the week. Okay. So I, I had my Pino okay. bass already there. Yeah. And it sucks because it's like I have the artist pass. There's a combination of like you don't want to be too much of a too much of a fanboy. Yeah, but yeah. I am. <laughs> but you also don't want to act like you're too cool because yeah. I'm not too cool. Yes. <laughs> I'm not. So it's this balance. It's this balance of making sure okay how do I <laughs> how do I say hi to this guy? Um, but I just took the courage. I got my bass. I introduced myself. Hey I actually wrote this down which is going to be another for another time but I wrote my entire um I wrote it in a in my notes because I never wanted to forget my story of meeting my my hero mm-hmm. for the first time ever. I'm I'm one I'm glad he's a lovely person and he gave me the time. I spoke for like 20 minutes. Just yeah, wow. chatting and he wow. was like but I think the artist pass also gives you a gives you a little leeway of like oh this guy's not just some some rando in the sure, street. Sure, sure. But um but the first instance the way I interacted. Because I'm like, you would never know. He can either not give you a minute of his time. So I, the one thing I wanted to get was a photo, obviously. Mm-hmm. But first instance was like, hey, my name's Eric. I've been, I've been a big fan. Thank you so And he was like, oh, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate that. And I had to go, I know you get asked this all the time. I'm holding my base case. Yeah. And, and I go, I know you get asked this all the time. And he was like, sorry, mate. I don't really want to sign anything back here. And I'm like, that's all good. I completely understand no pressure at all I thought I could ask and it was like is it your bass and I was like he has an English accent because he's from yeah yeah from the UK um, and I go not actually it's your bass <laughs> and I took it out and I sh- and he noticed that it was his signature bass yes and he smiled and was like of course, yeah I'll sign that <laughs> so that that was sort of an in it's like yeah. at first I was like I don't want to sign anything but like he noticed okay yeah this guy yeah uh, he, he's a real fan he has my bass and then he was picking it up he was picking it up and he was like man this is a light one he realized when it's light and I go he's like what do you want me to sign it and I go right here and right in the front and it's like nah I don't do that I can ruin it <laughs> it's like nah do it it's like nah 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 and he signed it right at the back uh-huh. and um, it's a bit faded that you can see yeah, yeah. but what I had to do I had to get Jeff Malia to respray it so it doesn't oh, okay. go away so this is it's been fading and then I had to get it resprayed. Yeah, because I don't want that to ever go away yeah um, awesome man. And he said that his, This bass is actually Two basses mm-hmm. it's, um, they, they based it off The neck on one bass And the body on one bass Okay So it's That's why um, You can see that The Pino, Pino Paladino signature Has no year Because it's two different years Okay Because normally when Fender Custom Shop Do a signature They go The Sean Hurley 1960 P bass Or the Getty Lee 1974 jazz bass Okay But okay. Pino is just Pino Palladino signature P bass There's no year nice. Which makes sense Because it's two different years So, favorite Pinot bass lines. Um, I currently have a mute on it, Uh, flat wounds, I I haven't changed the strings. Um, And now I'm under pressure to play. (laughs) Of course, the most, the quintessential is Feel Like Making Love. I know uh, the <laughs> thing that I the thing that I love about that is it goes through the four right it goes to. strolling in the park watching winter turn spring and but what he does and I, I only figured it out a bit later the more you listen carefully mm-hmm. is he's already doing double stops straight away he's like rather than just going root four he's like <laughs> So he's already doing all these double stops already. And I'm like, oh, I need to listen more carefully. Yeah, yeah. So, like Pino is just, on, you know, like I, you just, as a bass player, you just, you just think roots already. But then Pino is doing all these not like subtle things that require a bit more listening. Mm-hmm. And the more and more I listen to that song, the more I'm like, ah, oh, there's way more. And I'm such a big fan of that, um, that kind of groove where it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's just behind. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a little shuffle, shuffly kind of kind of Cajun thing. Awesome. You no. Know? Awesome. But um that's one, but he does yeah, that a lot on uh, a lot of songs. That's kind of his signature kind of thing. Um mm-hmm. another thing that he very subtle that I enjoy is obviously waiting on the world, yep. but he has this nice he has this nice line that I always copy if you if anyone watches me live, you'll hear me copy this all the time. He does it at the final chorus cuz if the chorus is just then so that's the typical thing but he does this uh, uh, when the changes goes to the 6 uh, to the 2 we can't waiting waiting he does this nice line at the end near the final chorus he goes when he finally goes to the E minor One day a generation it's like it's just a E minor thing but uh-huh. um, I copy that all the time yeah, whenever yeah. whenever I get a chance you know let's just do the cor- let's just do the full chorus and then okay. I'll, I'll I'll just do the mm. the line one in two yeah. eh, eh. like uh it it makes me it's it gives me life it's like yeah, yeah. because that song's just some pop song and he doesn't really he doesn't really do much on it until the very end yeah, nice. i think i think that's a a nice little thing that i need to hone more and i always try to copy if you watch my some of my youtube covers yeah. i try to instill that idea of lay the groove first mm-hmm. first verse chorus verse chorus and maybe near the end do a little yeah, reflections yeah, yeah. yeah that you know like if if the if the people watching your videos end up there they deserve like I'm I'm sure they're a bit more forgiving now like ah of course he can he's been set he's been laying the groove for a good two two and a half minutes three minutes now let him let him him have a little Uh little moment (laughs) Um, same would feel like making love at the song I don't trust myself he has that same kind of feel Yeah. yeah the yeah. thing I love about that song oh man I could go on forever <laughs> uh, the thing I love about that song is if you listen to that song he has I'm not sure if it's two basses but I think it is I think he's recording two different basses mm-hmm. one's, one's laying the groove and one's doing these one's doing these random slaps I don't know like if you've ever listened to it it's like boom <laughs> I don't think he does it at the same time because listening to the tune am i allowed to put it on sure let's actually listen to it it's like it's just it's such a subtle thing it's such a subtle thing that i enjoy a lot when when bass players do things that they get away with uh let me get it up so this is i don't trust myself from the continuum record so so the bass line's there but there's this slap bass sound that just happens every now and then uh, yeah i think when the line comes in uh, yeah. Uh, yeah he does it again here one two three uh. <laughs> it's just little it's just little little oh, things awesome. it's throughout the song actually mm-hmm. it's like you don't really think about it like when you because you're thinking of everything else, but I think it's two different bases. I feel that it is because the base is staying, and then there's just. Anyway, um, nice man. I could. We. I think we're gonna waste a lot of time if you keep asking me. Pino favorite, questions. <laughs> favorite Pino <laughs> basslines.
0: <laughs> it's on my list. I just wrote Pino, and I knew we we get somewhere with that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there we, that's cool, man. That's yeah, great.
1: I think we'll we'll last. We'll, we'll move Take along. too long there. Yeah.
0: But yeah, that, that bass is killer. Now, you are a Fender, um, and Dorsey. Yes. You work with Fender Australia. Which yes, is, Fender which Australia. Which is awesome. And you're known as a P-Bass guy, even though you had that beautiful jazz at the, at the uh, start of our show.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's right. I was, that's what I was playing in that little little intro that we had. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I got this, this was my first custom shop, the Pino Bass. Okay. Um, and I, I don't want to sound like a purist at the same time, I don't want to sound like um, you you need in you need to get whatever you need to get, but people can do whatever they want. But custom shop had this great slogan, and it's it's it was very cocky, but at the same time, I think it was very effective. And it's their their slogan at the time that I bought it was when you're ready. Uh huh. And it's like oh, it's like it made you like I'm ready now. I I'm ready to have a custom job now. Um but i had an american standard p bass before this but because pinot and you know i just had to i had to get the pinot bass but a couple of months after i bought a real 63 a re- so a real 1963 that's the blue one that's yeah. the that's the blue one and um i i just imagined this that if ever i got the <laughs> if ever i got the john mayer gig yeah. i'm not gonna play the pinot paladino custom shop P. Okay. <laughs> I had to get my the my my own my own little thing, which is wow. which is that. Um it's ah, oh, th- that's that's another that's another story in itself too, but um just quickly about the P Base thing. Yeah, so I'm endorsed by Fender Fender Australia and I couldn't have thought of a better better brand to be associated with. It's mm-hmm. like as a kid you always you always wanted. Mm-hmm. You always wanted to yeah. be you know, you always wanted your own, um, Clapton signature, or John Mayer signature, or Pino signature. Yeah, yeah. And um, so being, I'll will say it. The moment I got that email, saying that, welcome to the family, I cried. Uh, yeah. I actually cried. I was tearing up. I was crying that whole that whole morning, being like, oh, <laughs> I can't believe, it. I can't believe it. But it's more than it's more than just that five minute or that ten minute incense it's uh, it's like an entire build-up of years of, of of work of years of ensuring that i made the right decision of years ensuring that i presented myself as best as i can of years ensuring that i sh- that i know that i'm a high quality musician that i'm worth their time i'm worth even consideration and you know and every from every single post that you see me do from every single tag and every single video and every single gig that I do and every single shot of a base that I would post up it all led to being able to have to to have that opportunity to now be able to attach my name to such a world-class brand Mm -hmm. you know those things some people like I, I wrote this massive post about it which I don't want to get up now because I'm going to waste a lot of time, but the summary of the post was pretty much like, um, uh, one of the points in the post was like, um, I know you can see, you know, some people, some people can get annoyed at people online. Social media is a lie, setting you know, but you can either use it as a tool or you can use it to share your life Mm -hmm. and you can use it to share positivity. And um, I know some people will be like, uh, oh my God! Here, here's another bass photo. Here's another Aguilar photo. Here's another Mono photo. Here's another Fender photo. You know what? I have no regrets. Like I, I know what I was doing it for. I know exactly my purpose of it. One, because I love that brand. I love the brands that I use. There's no, I wouldn't. Regard, you know what? Regardless if Fender got me or not, I'm still gonna use Fender basses. I still love the P bass. Mm-hmm. So I think that's more important than, than um, than anything else. But then having, having the, the accreditation of being connected with such a high quality brand is such is an honor you know I'm never gonna take it for granted um, but yeah and I, I'm glad I'm glad that um, uh, even though I play jazz basses and a few different things that I'm branded as a P bass guy I'm not, I'm not annoyed about that I'm just I, I feel at home I feel the most at home mm-hmm. with a P bass it's yep. volume tone and that's really it, you can't, it's passive, you can't go wrong with it. And if you do, uh, <laughs> you're not gonna be able to handle a Dingwall or a Warwick or a, yeah, right. or a, like some boutique, sure. some boutique active bass if you can't handle the P bass. That's my, that's my.
0: Awesome man. Hey, I'm, I'm just looking at the wall where your, your 63 is hanging. I remember when you got that and you, I think we're doing a wedding um and you, you hear you have a play i'm like really so yeah i got on i had a play uh, well I,
1: this, this is a player's instrument isn't it it's not you're not having so, a glass case okay so um the when um i'll say a quick story about it because i'll get it up i'll get up put it on because um one sec let me just get it up um I saw this on, so I already got the Pino around this time, and I think it's around 2013 now. Mm-hmm. And, um, let me just quickly make sure it's, I don't know if it's in tune. Anyway, I'm going to tune later. But, um, so... I remember seeing this on, I was at a gig with Matt Price, who's of Jess and Matt, you know Matt, you, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you play with Matty. Yeah. Um, I was doing a gig with Matt in Cronulla in 2013, and a week before that I saw this bass on eBay, a 1963, 1963 P-Bass, original, in blue. He, he claimed that it was, uh, uh, what's that normal blue that everyone likes? Is it Daphne? It's This is Daphne This oh, is the official okay. colour What's the other What's blue that? Sonic Sonic Yeah, Sonic blue Yeah. So the guy claimed there was Sonic blue At the time And it was gold hardware I was a bit sceptical And he goes It's all original I was a bit sceptical With the original Sonic blue colour And I was also A bit sceptical With the original Gold, gold hardware colour But it had the right stamps It looked the part And even if it's not You know what I was like Even if it's not Original um, Hardware Man, it's a 63P base. Mm-hmm. And he had it on for, I'm normally, I'm normally really uh, uh, quiet with the price, but he had it on for six grand starting bid. And I emailed, I private messaged him. And I was like, hey, man, uh, <laughs> would, you, would you do it for three? Oh, my God. Would you do it for three and a half? And, the, and you know, if I got that message, I wouldn't even respond. <laughs> I was like, no, don't waste my time. But he was nice enough. His name's Neil. He was nice enough to go, hey, mate, uh, unfortunately, I can't do it for that price. Uh, I need it for medical expenses. Hope you understand. And I go, that's fine. Understood. And I was a few years out of James C. so I think two years in playing music and trying to make a living, trying to make money and mm-hmm. spending <laughs> spending and buying custom <laughs> shop places. Um, and a week later, which I, when I was at my gig uh, at Northeast in Cronulla, duo gig with Matt I saw that I saw the base again okay. I saw the base. I just got a notification that no one bid for six no one starting bid six grand no one made a bid I emailed him again and I think I said hey mate I know I already messaged you but would you do it for four and a half cash no. <laughs> and I made a side <laughs> <laughs> I made a side note I'm like by the way I'm not a collector I, I'm i a fresh I, I mean I just finished uni I'm pursuing music it's not gonna it's not gonna be under the bed it's gonna be played and I'm pursuing I'm pursuing music and then during my break I got a response and it's like you know what let's do it mm-hmm. I'd rather sell it to a player than a collector and I was like Matt look I'm getting a real vintage P-Bass um and he was like, uh, I was like, cool. And I ring him on the Monday and I'm trying to ring him, and he's not answering. And I'm like, well, good thing I haven't paid because I'm paying cash. And I'm like, is this guy, maybe it's a scam. You just never know, you know what I mean? Six, mm-hmm. six, original 63P base, gold hardware for mm-hmm. point and a half grand. I don't know if that's even possible. But anyway, I get a message back from his wife straight away. And she was like, hey, Eric, sorry, this is Neil's wife. Unfortunately, Neil sleeps during the day he has advanced bowel cancer oh, wow. and I will and I'll let him know that you rang and he can ring you back when he wakes up later on this afternoon. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. Um, no pressure. And this entire time I'm like, Oh my God, I just, <laughs> I'm this horrible person trying to, trying to fool like lowball this guy who needs the money. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, uh, he rings me back and we organize and I get the base and I still paid the amount that we made a deal on. It's not like I had the excess money. I was like, actually, here's six grand. I didn't have, it's not like I had it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, but, uh, happy, I don't know, if happy ending's not the word, but I still message him, I still email him once a year. Mm-hmm. He's still alive. All good. Um, this is 2013, 2019 now. And I still email him once a year giving me updates on what's the ins and outs and going ons with the bass? Uh like I told him like man like when I first got it there was no scratches this is all me like that the fade on the neck is all me Uh these scratches are all me I yes I do help it out sometimes because I little I pick at it Uh but the dings and the things are all me Um, but I love the most is that like the rosewood the stain that I'm like where I've been playing Mm -hmm. where I play it Um, and yeah, and I tell him that, hey, just letting you know, this, your, the bass that you sold me um, has played here, has played for this, I played on this. The last thing I told him was, uh, hey, man, just letting you know that Fender Custom Shop is doing a replica of it. We're getting it master built. So I'm getting it master built by uh, master builder of Fender Custom Shop, Jason's, Jason uh, Smith. He's also built bases for Flea, uh, Getty Lee, uh, Steve Harris, Mike Landau. And his waiting list is long, and I don't mind waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm getting it, you know. Fender are helping me out, and we're doing wow, a master built version. Cool. Pretty much doing an, a replica of the scratches and everything of this base. Yeah. Because why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I might put rounds on that one, and I'll leave this one with flats. Uh-huh. And that's what I might do and have it as a backup. But I'm still deciding on the color because I can commit to the same exact color or i can make it shell pink i'm always a fan of shell pink shell pink is good or purple i don't really see many baby purples i don't know what the shell because p- if daphne blue is the equivalent of shell pink what's the purple version it's not really that's like a baby it's like a baby purple yeah like a light sad. purple but i dig those fender solid colors from the 60s <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> it's it's so good he he was he all he really wanted to do was copy cars didn't he? Like yeah, he loved yeah. vintage cars and he was copying the car colors. That's what he. That's what. He, that's what Leo did. Um, with the gold hardware, just a side note, was when I brought it, because I brought it to Fender in California uh, at the custom shop and I brought it to them and I wanted them to check it out and see if everything this guy's been telling me was right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So he was wrong at one thing where he said that it was sonic blue. It's not, it's Daphne blue and it's re it's refinished, oh, obviously. Okay. But most of those vintage, uh, most of those um, custom colors are resprays anyway because the line was always sunburst or black or even white. Mm-hmm. But the special colors are always resprays. But the respray wasn't at the factory. It was uh, the, the same. I think what Jason, he'll correct me if he ever hears this. Jason told me it had the same marking as the guys that resprayed Landau's, excuse me, Landau's um, guitars there's a marking in there really? it says 8008 wow. or 8080 or 0880 something in the combinations of that okay. meaning that it was resprayed at either August 1980 so that it had the same markings as the guy that did Landau's Landau's ah. guitars um, back at the factory I'm not sure where but there's a guy that did okay. all Landau's so it would have been the same right so but it's you can see in, the sum in there that it's originally um Three tone sunburst. Yeah, yeah. And the gold hardware. That's cool. Jason said is period correct. Like it happened, of course. Mm. But he goes, the stampings are correct. That's how they did it. That's very cool. Because because even the with the serial number, even yeah, the yeah, plates yeah. gold or yeah. faded gold at least. But wow. Yeah. So that's one it's thing that he, that I didn't believe him, but Jason said he's right. It's the gold hardware is period correct, and I it's my. It's gonna be the bass that goes around the world with me. Yeah, it has to. Like, I love the Pino. The Pino actually is one. I think one of the greatest and best built P bases in this new generation. Like I think they they built that bass really well. Mm-hmm. I, to the point where I sometimes think it's unfair. <laughs> it's like it's like they make them because this is a p-base like what would the difference be of an of, of this pinot p-base and an american standard p-base but it's huge like it just feels better it sounds better i i just felt like they save all the best bits on that pinot base when they when they built it around that time but um but nothing beats uh i don't what do you think i'm gonna ask you this do you think it's uh it's a mind thing, the idea of vintage instruments that we think they sound better because they're old or do they, do they actually sound old? Do they actually feel, I mean, do they actually sound good? Or do they actually feel good? Do you, or do you think it's a combination of the mind? Oh, I think it's, I think it's all those <laughs> things. I remember, I mean, I don't, I have
0: not A would a lot, but I remember one session I did years ago and I had a 61 Gibson SG. Got that out, tuned it up, did the track, um, it it was so fragile you had to be really super gentle on the neck or go out of tune. Oh wow. And and at the yeah. end of the, the the um at the end of the pass and we took a few goes at it, it sounded incredible but it just would not stay in tune. Okay. So we get out some guy in the studio had ninety one S G and didn't have half the vibe but but, but it, it played in tune, the tune. so
1: I don't See, know. that's another that's another aspect of it it's
0: another issue but that guitar tell it's sounding incredible yeah but yeah. that's the thing
1: isn't it it's like i always do i love this bass because yeah, it's original yeah. and it's 63 yeah or that you know like i don't know but when i play it i love it when i put when i use it on recordings i love it i think yeah it sounds the best yeah but does it <laughs> I, don't, I think you know i i don't the ears might be a bias you know
0: yeah
1: you can for, yeah, look around see what see what's there. Well, yeah, for for the viewers at home, I'll take some photos. Yeah, of course. Um,
0: yeah, there's like a whole rack full of custom shops in this So, so
1: shops. that one, but that one that you just grabbed, one? it's a 1966 jazz bass. Oh, really? When I first when I when he advertised it, I thought it was a 65. Uh huh. But then when I opened it up, it's a 66. Ah, okay. But I got it for really cheap. So that bass, I feel I get up. Plug that in. Let's swap. Let's yeah. Swap so I feel that this yeah. bass now. Yeah. So. What's cool about this, I feel like this is not feel, I think I know from doing my research and my deep dives into histories of, of bases. Um, this would be been a transition base. If you take, I'm sure for all the viewers at yeah, home, you take yeah, photos. Yeah. So you, from what you can see here, it's... So lots it has, of pre-CBS Yeah, so a lot stuff. of pre-CBS stuff, but also has the CBS stuff. Like it's the, um, it has these bindings like the bindings only happen when cbs oh really yes okay. the binding. so like a lot of the 70s jazz basses yeah yeah they have the binding yeah so the sure. 66 already the has blocks. the binding yeah and it has the lollipop paddle tuners okay um but most of the paddle tuners and the bindings had the block inlays yes but this one doesn't i know
0: the blocks but yeah
1: that this one has the clay they're still the, clays, the yeah. i don't know if they're Play clay adults. no they're not clay they're um i don't think they're clay Again, I don't think they're clay. Look like Yeah, maybe not. Oh abalone?
0: Yeah. abalone. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Whereas this is the, yeah, the Daphne the, Blue one. The Daphne Blue yeah. has the clay yeah. dots. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so this, I feel, is super woody. It's not your typical jazz bass where it's a bit more bitey. You guys you guys can be the judge. Yeah,
2: man.
1: Something's Something's Missing That I feel Something's I love it that it's vintage But I feel like there's something choking You
2: know
1: Something's missing there That it's That's That's not quite there I think maybe Pickups I don't know But it's To me it has a more Woodier sound Than I'll get the other jazz bass quickly Mm -hmm. And this is my typical the typical jazz bass sound that i love it's that bitey one? yeah that one. that's the jazz bass that you guys heard at the beginning yeah so this is your custom shot. yeah 1960 jazz bass, okay. bass so this is the sound that i love for a jazz bass tried to play the same thing so okay,
0: so this is now on the
1: 66 66 jazz bass the, i feel is
0: the actual just, 66
1: it has its has an earthier tone yeah sure it's a bit more in the yeah yeah, yeah. darker side (laughs) i feel like this is this would be more like a pick like a pick um (laughs) uh, a pick bass a pick zeppelin yeah um kind of thing but it has its place and it has its home sure like i think the white jazz bass i have is more in that honing into that funk thing Mm -hmm. this one's more of that maybe songwriter kind of bass but that's why i love basses like they all no matter no matter what different kinds of basses you have they're all gonna have this weird sound of how the wood's connected and how it's all strings interact with the pickups and all this stuff, they all have their own home. Yeah. At yeah. least with my Fenders. I know that you got, I got a few more bases behind you. Yeah. Which now they all have their different, they have their different situations there. But, you know, just with the Fenders alone, it's like, <laughs> when I first got that, going back to my, um when my parents first got me my first Fender Jazz, Dad's first question was like, what's the difference? <laughs> i go, like, Dad, this one's better. This yeah, one's yeah, this. Yeah. But, yeah like it's it's they all just have their own little zones that they live in like i can't i don't think I can do a full gig i'm I'm sure push on the shove you you have to you have no other choice but I don't think this will be my number one this jazz bass sure i i feel like it may be at one of those bases that um may need some tweaking or upgrades mm-hmm. but um because it is po post c b uh, it's now c b s era i feel like there's something that they did to it, that sort of sometimes lost its mojo. Mm-hmm. I'm one. I'm a pure. I I think I'm a purist in that sense with the whole CBS thing. Uh-huh. Like I'm I'm a fan of the L series or Leo Fender era, bases. But what do I know, really? Marcus <laughs> plays a CBS jazz bass. That's right. That's his, yeah. That's his thing. Yeah. So anyway,
0: yeah. Cool man. Tell me about being a sideman, because you you do. I mean, like you're gigging all the time. You, that's your living. Um, you, you play with a lot of people without surnames, like Matt and Jess, and Vicky Lee.
1: <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's hilarious. Um, Jasmine I I Yeah, That's her last name. Her uh, last no, name? it's not. Okay. But that's her artist name.
0: There's um, a lot of
1: different styles even there, though. Yeah, so, um, so you've got Ricky, who's the pop thing. Yeah. Uh, you've got Justin Matt, who's still sort of the pop thing, but they're yeah. more the indie pop, I guess. Yeah, sure. Jasmine, who's the country thing. Um, so I guess when you first when you first we obviously met in the wedding scene and Mm. the idea of any side man is just saying yes to everything. Mm. Because how can you create opportunity and how can you place yourself to where you want to be until unless you know that there's an opportunity for you to get there? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it's like, yeah, I could have started off like I just want to be an indie bass player. It's like, well, how? Really. But I guess my mindset at first was just like, just say yes to everything. Yeah, yeah. Yes, say yes to everything. Yes to every gig. Duos, bands, trios, weddings, etc., etc., etc. Whatever it may be. Tribute shows, whatever. And I guess from saying yes to all of those and eventually refining my skill set and knowing the direction that I really wanted to go. Um, it made me picky, which is great. I, I don't like the idea of uh, you think you know what you want but you n- haven't tried other things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: At least with music. like sure, I, yeah. I needed to have said yes to a lot of different things to, so now I know where I want to place myself. Um, Sideman is it's one of those uh, there's pros and cons in every, in every aspect. So I, I'll just break down at least the, the pros and cons of a Sideman. One, you can say yes to everyone, meaning the 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 you're gonna you may if you're good enough you're gonna have bountiful amount of gigs. Um, con, if you're not good enough, uh, people in the in the circle will say, yeah, nah, don't book that guy. Mm-hmm. So it's a day, it's like double-edged sword. So let's, but why not? Why don't we just go with the thought that we are good enough, yeah? And then we'll, I'll say the pros and cons there. Um, so yeah, like I said, you can you can say the different gigs. So you don't have to just play for one artist because you don't have to rely on just one source of income. You can say yes to five different artists. You can say yes to wedding gigs. You can say yes to different things. And it sort of doesn't deteriorate your brand because you're just playing for people. Um, the con is that you're not really developing your own personal original um, brand because you're not really in a band unless you join a band. Mm-hmm. but. Um, but then again, like all these side men are playing for like five different bands. Do you want to be in a band? Do you want to be in five bands or do you want to be in one band that you focus all your energy on? So I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying the pros and cons of where it can be. Do you pursue the side man thing, get more money, get a lot of work? Or do you pursue the originals, join an originals band, not get as much money, not get money at all sometimes most of the time but then you get creative input you get to write songs you get to play in shows that people listen to your music if your songs are good Mm um so yeah like i had to figure that out more and more and i enjoyed the idea of playing different genres because obviously my hero is pino and pino's not in the band Playing for The Who, next minute is playing for Nine Inch Nails, next minute yeah, playing for D'Angelo, yeah. next minute yeah. playing for John Mayer. So, broad. so he can do everything, uh, at least he can do many things. And I guess that's where I'm at. That's where I still, I, I'm still, still there. Um, yes, I write some songs, just yes, write some songs with some friends and dabble on some few shows of my own stuff. But at the end of the day, um, where I'm a session musician. I'm playing for anyone. If they need me in the album, they need me. If they need me in their dysfunction gig that they have, if they need me at their show or duo gig or whatever it may be, I'll say, uh, I'll say yes. But now, um, because of, I've, I've set myself in a position where I feel like I have more choice and control of where I want to be. I'm not saying yes to some gigs that I don't, I'm not going to say yes to some gigs I don't enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, they are going to be gigs like that. Um, people are learning their craft, and if I can see that there's potential, I'll invest. If I don't, I won't. And it might be a, a bit harsh, but I think it's honest, you know. But yeah, it's uh, it's a side the side man thing. Can you know you need to find a way to make it work because you are gonna you are gonna start comparing yourself to people doing their own stuff, and you're like, oh, I wish I was playing and writing my own songs and playing at... Uh, Woodford whatever Mm -hmm. whatever gig it is but at the same time I played for the best in this country I played with the best in this country and I played with some of the best in the world even like even that opportunity of being being able to interact with some of my heroes some of the people you know the people that that I've met the people that I look up to so again pros and cons would I have met those guys if I just focused on my own little indie band playing Around Newtown, maybe I don't know. But side man thing is a is a tricky question because mm-hmm. it's like the door. I'm not finished. My my path isn't finished yet. Of course, you know I can I can finally decide to go. You know what? I'm done with the sideman. Mm-hmm. Let me let me start doing solo bass gigs and yeah. see if that goes <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> so <But yeah>.
0: hungry. <laughs> That's right. So hungry.
1: Do you wanna follow me on Instagram? It's <laughs> so hungry. S double O hungry.
0: Nice. What about um, music directing? Because you've been doing that on some on some shows and tours. I,
1: so so I think that came along. I it's just in my nature as a as a person. I think I um because if you study if if you've never been to a a music college, if not if for the listeners that um, are either in their pre teens or at least pursuing to study it, you sort of get put in bands. Like that's the first instance that you get forced to be put in bands that you'd never played with, so the hierarchy of who's the leader, who's in charge sort of isn't set yet, and the more you play and the more you rehearse it's sort you start seeing who has a bigger voice, who has a louder voice, or who has better ideas, or who people follow follow more and um I think it's a natural thing that I slot into um uh, I'm very loud I'm very uh, forward and um, and I think I have good ideas maybe but um, but but the, the most important thing is I want the best for the music that's the most important thing because you can always tell if you want the best for yourself mm-hmm. go, oh let's have a bass solo here. or you want the best for the music and if that's your main focus people will follow um, I think it just sort of happened and in my circle I just started becoming that guy. It's, um, it's funny. It's not like I studied music and I'm going, I'm going to be a musical director. <laughs> it, just, it just sort yeah. of naturally happens. And I think the bass has a very powerful position to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a lot of, Sometimes it's the piano player because they have control of both, higher end, lower end, but then they can't walk around. Mm-hmm. They're sort of stuck in their little piano throne. Yeah. Sometimes it's drummers, sometimes it's guitarists. Most of the time, uh, half of the time, it's the lead singer. But, um, the bass player, I have, you know, this is like I'm. Everyone's heard it before, but it's like I have the power to. I'm locking in with the drums, and I'm telling, I'm defining the chords. Mm-hmm. Um, I can change sections, and people will gravitate to that, you know. If I, for some reason, I just start the first note of the bridge, people are like, "Oh, okay, we're there." Yeah. Um, it it's it's like people. I can drag people there but i think it also coincides with my instrument and my personality and it just it just sat in well with the people i work with and the people the artists i play for i just eventually became that there was no um real um longing for it it just I, it's more of just it's it, the decision now at least when i have that decision it's now more for um economics not the word but time like it's more just to save time because i know all right there's going to be a new bunch of people we're playing for an artist to say we get a call like um, recently i played for uh, this amazing uh guitarist slash singer from uh, from nashville country artist her name's Lindsay l and i got the call and i offered myself to be the musical director because i know it will just be easier um I trust myself enough to know that I know what I'm doing I trust myself enough to know that my priority is the artist and if I'm the musical director they fortunately they said yep you can be the musical director but I know that I'm just I don't want to waste time
0: so yeah. on a on a tour like that um, so that, that was doing some of the CMC
1: yeah CMC um, uh, Australia's biggest country music festival CMC Rocks CMC Rocks yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. awesome man so what's what's your job like what's what's the practicalities of being a music director for okay for a touring artist in the states
1: okay so i feel i feel i'm not see that's the thing again it's like it's not like you study this and they they set you the roles yeah i think the the reason the the way that i make myself more valuable is i take initiative i could have just been like yeah cool i'll do the gig thanks how much cool mm-hmm. what songs done but I wanted to take the initiative of m- making it easy. Hey, here's some guys I work with. Here you go. Um, the other thing is as well is that um, I can just be like, all right, I just focus on songs. Or I'm the, the bridge between the management and the, the management slash artists mm-hmm. and the musicians. That to me is an important role. Yeah, right. the, the music thing should come naturally because that's a natural thing. The things that don't come naturally is people management. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I feel that, that's the one that I take more focus on because the music thing happens. If you've done enough practice, if you practice enough, if you've focused enough on music, the performance and all that Mm -hmm. should just happen. You know, um, if you book the right players, you don't have to think. If you book the right musicians, (laughs) they'll follow you wherever you want to go. So that should always be a natural thing. The most unnatural thing is now being like, "All right, guys, I just got informed that um, wake-up time, call time is this time." Um, It's sort of like even a tour manager nearly, but I'm the bridge between the management and the art and the and the musicians, because all the musicians really need to know is where they need to be, what songs they need to do. Mm -hmm. If if they're part of if they're part of the chain of emails with the music director and the management, which could be up to 20 to 50 emails. and then all the artists and the musicians are getting that too mm-hmm. they don't need to know what um what the name of the bus service is they don't need to know who's dri- who's the driver for yeah, day yeah. number 3 of tour they don't need to know um you know they don't need to know at that very moment at least like there's going to be a lot of stuff that that i'm i'm taking the initiative of knowing so to make it easier for everyone that yeah. the artists don't need to know uh, the the musicians don't need to know all they need to know is what time the show is? What songs they need to do?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what else do they need to know? And when to get there? Yeah, and right. how, what you know? What flights to catch? It's really it. But um, I don't. They don't need to stress about. Eric, did you make sure that I have enough um, luggage? Luggage to make sure I can bring my guitar, my pedal board, and my blah. Mm-hmm. It's like yes, I know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I take the initiative already to make sure that that's all sorted. Mm-hmm. So all they need to do is show up. Yeah. Right. Um, People management is the hardest. Yeah, um, because you—it's a mixture of respect, mixture of sometimes you take the you—you need to be the the punching bag for if anything goes wrong, Um, and you need to take responsibility. Let's say let's say something goes wrong at all. A, A flight is missed. What do you do? Do you sulk? If there's no one taking initiative, like all right, what can we do? Next flight. When's the next flight? What's the earliest flight? Will we get there? Cool. All right, let's book that. Straight away, it's it's a solution mm-hmm. of something, but um, I feel that I take the initiative to to pursue that to make sure it's easiest for everyone. And at the same time, all the artist needs to know is the well, the, are the guys going to be good for the show? That's it. They don't need to know if if the artist you know if the artist's like hey the guitarist needs another luggage for one thing can we sort that out? Hey, um, so the guitarist. Um, or the the drummer wants a separate room and blah blah whatever it is all these yeah, yeah. little things that the, I don't feel I don't think the artist needs to know because the main focus is uh, you want to make it easy for everyone to perform the job and I take the initiative to make sure that no one has to deal with all that other stuff and then uh, because if I don't one who is am I, or am, am I just going to wait for someone to sort that all out or I again take the initiative mm. to sure it's more than just music really yeah you know, it's people that, management yeah
0: so at that level is there less musical specific direction yes so, yeah that of course
1: of course like it's it's you you the lev- the when the music when you're directing music it means if you're spending more time directing music it means you didn't book the right players mm-hmm. because there's no time to direct the music anymore there's, there's moments of course you go alright next section you just, it's all looks now you, you, don't, you shout or scream or you can be like alright let's go yeah. but it should, it's all second nature kind of thing um, the music like if you, if I'm directing a lot of the music it means we didn't rehearse enough or we, didn't, we don't know the songs enough mm-hmm. um, and that may happen that may happen where you know you've been doing this tour for some people and then you get a new guitarist that has never done the show mm-hmm. So you might have to do that. I might have to do that, and that's something that I have to be ready for. But if everything is going well, most of the time, it's people management. Mm-hmm. It's not the music should already been sorted sure, already. Sure. That's most of the most of the. That's what it really means to be a musical director, I reckon. Yeah, cool. it's it, the music thing should have already been sorted ages ago. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Very cool. Now. Um, another topic I want to ask you about social media. You are like a social media ninja. Um, the your name or Instagram. troll or yeah or, or, uh, troll.
1: or what's another word parasite? That's another <laughs> word. But you're you're good at
0: like, and this will this will join. I want to talk about the idea of communities and things yeah. too, which which you've always been really big on musically. Um, but yeah, how important is it as a working musician in 2019? To
1: be, to have your social media happening. I think that's a uh, such a great question because I, I think it's this. It's, there's a fifty fifty, uh, consensus, of of people that think it's horrible, and people that think and and people that are so consumed by it. Mm-hmm. With anything, you need a balance. So my approach is, it's. So this is my approach and, it might, and you take it as you will. But I see it as so, my foundation is social media is a lie. The moment you accept that then the anxieties and the stresses and the, and the pressure will go away. So what do you mean by that? So it doesn't it, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. That's what I mean by it. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't it should not define you as a person it should not define your music and it should not define the choices you make in life it should not define your friendships it shouldn't define how you think and what you think of people um, and i'll say it man sometimes we get judgmental and I've, we've judged i've i've i have i've i've judged people like ah they just they're just getting all the likes cuz they're hot or ah they're just getting all the likes cuz they're playing really busy Plus, you can't do that at a gig anyway because you play too busy. You're not gonna get the gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of that kind of mindset. I think it's negative, and we're all. I I'm not gonna speak for everyone, but I've been um, I've been uh, very. I, I've done that, and I think it's horrible. And I think I've needed to reassess and re, regather my thoughts and know my foundation. And that's my first. That's my first foundation. That it's a lie. Yeah. Okay. And by that I mean. If I post something that people don't agree on, and I like to do that sometimes, I like to stir the pot a, bit, a little bit, like <laughs> that kind of thing. Like um, gender pay gap isn't, isn't real. That kind of, it's just stupid stuff like that. Um, but it's obviously trying to engage and trying to like make people feel upset. But if they really want to have a conversation with me, they'll message me or they'll ring me mm-hmm. or we'll do it in person. The moment the moment I start seeing people start fighting and start pushing their ideologies and, at each other at the comments, it's like nah, there's no there's no time for that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I I I I love the idea. I love that it causes it stirs a lot of people's emotions because then maybe that's a maybe that's a way for you to start thinking. Uh, why? Why is it? Why is it affecting you so much? Is it real? It's not. Like if you really... Like if... Let's just say, if people hate on me, fine. But get to know me and then make your decision then. If you hate me because of my posts, then then we're not... I don't need you in my life. Sure. Really. So that's how I... That's my foundation on it. That it's a lie. So with that, I build up. So what I mean by that is... All right, social media is a lie. It doesn't matter, but it's fun. So you need, I tell a lot of people that obviously have a quieter social media is if you feel like crap, if it feels gross posting something, it's like, hey, I just did this gig at wherever I am. Mm -hmm. Don't post it Mm -hmm. because then one, you're lying to yourself, what, who are you posting that for? I love, if you check my Instagram, I love all those photos. I love, <laughs> I love my bases. Yeah. I love the people I play for. Yeah, I yeah. love my amps. I love everything that, that, that I post yeah. because I like it. That's this kind of stuff I like seeing. Um, I try not, you know, I, I, I make sure that I love what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Cause if you, and cause people can, people will feel that. Sure. If you if you don't if you're only doing it to chase something if you're only doing something to what's the word play the game or whatever it may be um, you're not gonna have a good time and I understand and if it's not your thing maybe that's something you have to accept um, so yeah that's that's my approach that I tell them that share something that you like don't share what I'm doing because you might not like that you might not like posting gear photos. Some people don't like posting in the office photos because they think that's a bit too much. Some people don't like posting photos of them in the gym. Don't, don't do that. What do you like looking at Instagram? Oh, I like when people uh, post playing. Then post stuff of you playing. Mm-hmm. Maybe post stuff that you like. I think that's the most important. Because if you start just posting stuff to follow and catch and trends and do all that stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then you're going to get lost and consumed in it mm-hmm. then you're going to start believing in the lie then you're going to get lost and then you're going to get upset and then you're going to get depressed and you're going to have anxiety then you're going to hate yourself and then you're going to start being like what's wrong with me I'm not good enough uh, blah, blah 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 blah. and it's a, it's, a, it's a dark it's a very dark and dangerous circle to, to, I mean a dark and dangerous path because it's new social media is so new like I I and I analyze it like um, if if there's a couple that aren't doing really well, they go to therapy. If someone's drug overdose and they you know there's there's a there's clinics and there's therapy for that, but we don't really have a social media addiction sec- center yet. It's not a thing yet, you know. I'm sure you can talk to your psychologists about it, but there's no real focus on it yet that it's a problem and it is because you can get consumed on it now we're starting to see that there's screen times on the phones and people are like oh my god I was on Instagram for yeah, five yeah. hours today yeah yeah and they're like so it, it's starting to become a thing that it's nice that you, re, you see and you realize but by the foundation that it's a lie you start realizing okay it doesn't matter yeah okay. I, that's what I mean by that now there's another aspect that I need to inform some, some people, and I inform a lot of my friends as well, that you got to look at it like a, a, a portfolio. you got to let go of the fact that, again, with all the stuff that I said, sometimes with this music thing, you got to look at it like it's your showcase, showreel. How else are people going to know? Like, mm-hmm. that have never heard of you. Yes, there's word of mouth, perfect. You know, yes, there's recommendations, of course, which is that same thing. Yes. Uh, if you don't have, a- let's say you don't have any content content online, social media, YouTube, Facebook, nothing. And I recommend you to someone. And then they check you out and they Google you. It's like, well, you sure is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's still that little doubt in your mind. Would you? Here's a question. Let's say two people, same, same skill of playing. They're both amazing guitars, same level. Mm-hmm. same gear, same social skills. They're both amazing human beings. they're easy to hang out with, yep. easy to deal with, they're prompt, they're professional. Let's just say they're the same in every aspect. but one has a show, one has a portfolio on social media mm-hmm. that showcases. They're playing, and one is quiet. You don't know. And let's say you're an artist from overseas, and you get recommended these two names, and you've never met them, and the show's tomorrow, and mm-hmm. you just need to find a guitarist. Yeah. Which one would you book? One guy that you can't see if he's good enough? Yeah, right. Or the sure. guy that's like, oh my God, okay, All right, yeah. let's get him. Yeah. So that's the one thing I'm trying to instill on my my peers that it's like let go of some of that kind of stuff because you have to see it that way if that's your pursuit. If your pursuit is to do your own original stuff and you're playing in a band that's already doing the original stuff and promoting their own thing, fine, it's different. But if your pursuit is to be a session musician and to showcase that you can do anything and to showcase that uh, you're reliable, that you're working, that you're highly sought after and that you're a high quality musician.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You have to find a way to showcase yourself other than just word of mouth. Other, like, some artists will not be able to watch you perform before they book you. For example, with the, I'll go back to the Lindsay L. thing as well, is that they, they emailed me and they checked out myself and, they're like, we'd love to hire you. We checked out your stuff. We want you and they booked me before anyone else and that's when i offered to be the um that's when i offered to be the musical director Mm -hmm. and they said yes yeah because um and i was talking to the man i was to the manager eventually after why me man you you play well check out all your stuff we love it you're the bass player we want you know like if you check out lindsay l's music lindsay l-i-n-s-d-a-y no lindsay God I'm spelling that wrong Anyway You can check it on my Instagram Um, L The E-double L That's easy Um, So her music Is very This Is very like Pop Pop Country blues Kind of thing And then I have all these John Mayer videos that I posted All these Wolfpack stuff And all my playing That sort of coincides To her style And that's when the manager's like Perfect You're the one We love your We love your vibe We love your style Um, And that benefited Me getting that Getting that gig Yeah Um, I'm I'm not saying that you rely on it. Again, you need to have that balance of knowing that it's a lie and understanding that you take it, rather than social media taking advantage of you, why don't you flip it? Why don't you be the one that takes advantage of, of, the, mm-hmm. of the things that it can offer you? And I think that's how I approach it. Yeah, that's yeah. how I stay afloat. Yeah. That's how I keep sane because it's, if, if there's days I don't feel like posting anything because I have nothing to post, don't. Don't feel like, oh, I haven't posted anything in three days. I'll post yeah. here's the base yeah, yeah yeah, and I think it's dangerous trying to keep up like that cause you're never gonna you're never gonna you're never gonna win you got you got people with a million followers who just post a photo of a empty water bottle and it'll get 10,000 likes <laughs> and here's you playing your amazing licks that you've yeah. worked on yeah and you just posted that because you had nothing else to post and you get 600 views well oh, if so like you gotta be careful of how you approach it yeah, I yeah. think that's my advice on a lot of people that's trying to figure that out yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's you have to accept that it's a lie you have to or, mm-hmm. or it's gonna consume you mm-hmm. yeah I think yeah, that's it
0: that's cool that's a cool perspective for sure yeah. especially for someone who's so active like you actually n- stepping back and not taking it so seriously or knowing it's place knowing yeah. its place its you, ha- you
1: have to man you have to because the most important are the people in your life that's in front of you yeah yeah the most important people are your family the people that you wake you wake up in the morning and you see them the people that you interact with on the phone you you gig with because all these here's another advice is that the the if you get haters commenting it doesn't matter the comment the hate the people commenting the hate doesn't matter But with that same mindset, you have to also use that same rule for every comment, even if it says, oh, my God, you're so amazing. Oh, my God, you're the best bass player I've ever seen. Oh, my God, you play so well. You have to, because if you only cherry pick the ones you want to hear, one, you'll be in an echo chamber, two, I think you'll get, your ego will get too big and Three, if you only focus on the bad stuff, you'll get depressed. Mm-hmm. So you have to sort of, you have to accept all the comments and take it as, take it all in the same, put it all in the same bag. Mm-hmm. You can't just pick and choose. Yeah. I think that that's more of a personal thing for me. That's what helps me figure it out. Because the moment I only take the good stuff, you don't want that. Like uh, the beauty of humanity is that we get sad and we get upset and we get, it's, it's yin and yang and highs and lows and feeling down. I think... You have, you know, some people may not be able to understand that idea of it or that concept of every comment doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I th- that's one, like the same yeah, thing. that's cool, man. That's my way of, of dealing with it.
0: Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah, let's, let's keep that idea going. Let's talk about real life communities of music, which you've, you've always been into. Like you set up um, jam sessions, like the Western session, the West Sessions yeah uh the monday jam yeah that's been a big part of your life for for quite a few few years what's what's so important about about that sort of stuff in for you for you as a musician let's let's, let's
1: let's break it down to um to to music itself i think well music is about sharing maybe i i am yet to meet but also because maybe they don't want to meet me and they don't want to meet anyone. I'm yet to meet a, pers- a musician that doesn't, want to sh- that doesn't want to share or play music to anyone but themselves. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, maybe they exist, but, they- but I have never met them because sure, they wouldn't want to meet yeah. anyone. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe they exist, I don't know. Um, they wouldn't exist online because they wouldn't post their stuff online. They wouldn't exist. They wouldn't post on YouTube, they wouldn't post on, because they don't want to share to anyone. Maybe they exist so maybe I'm wrong but they might not even listen to anything to podcasts so they don't want to, I don't know if I'm calling out to musicians that just want to keep to themselves yeah, yeah. but music is meant to be shared because what, you're meant to collaborate you're meant to co-write you're meant to play with others especially as a bass player yes I can do the solo bass thing but I don't feel at home there mm-hmm. I feel at home playing behind someone yeah, playing yeah. for an artist playing for a singer I feel at home performing I feel at home Performing to friends, families, to crowds, to people that want to hear the music. So it's always about, there's always an aspect of sharing there, right? So with that mindset, I feel that 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 core value shouldn't just be with music. It should come with, it it shouldn't just come with performing. It should come with your core values of how you interact with your your life um that's why i i enjoy i i'm so grateful to be able to do the monday jam every monday because it's my way of being able to give back and being able to give opportunities to these young guys that because i was that guy i was that guy that so if you've never been the monday jam is a jam session in sydney every monday and it's new home now is at the soda factory every monday night so um it's like five bucks entry it's nothing um, and it's, its purpose is to give a platform for musicians of all walks and all, all creeds to play together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no rules, and, but yet the standard needs to be up because we've had guys like, like recently, a couple of weeks ago, we had Corey Wong from Wolfpick
0: just yeah, come yeah. down and play.
1: And I got cool, to play man. with Corey Wong and I'm like, ah. So, or sometimes you might have a week where there's no one, there's no one famous there. They're yeah. just a bunch of young musicians. And that's equally as important as well. So, um, it's my, I said yes to that because I love its purpose, that it gives all these young guys opportunities to play with some of the best in the world. Some guy could be, some random guy, some young sax player is now playing with Corey Wong from Wolfpack. So where else can you do that? So with that mindset, um, excuse me, sorry. Um, with that mindset, I enjoyed its purpose. When I was young, when I first started getting to the music scene, I went to that jam. I went to those jams, the Monday jam, at the, when it was at the Lansdowne. And I was so intimidated. I'm like, oh, I'm not good enough. But it taught me a lot when I would jump on. Mm-hmm. It taught me what, st- what I needed, the level I needed to be at. It, ta- it taught me how to listen to people that I've never played with. It taught me how to interact, how to socialize, how to network and how to do all this stuff. That, that now is instilled in me that helps me become that helps me continue to pursue my career. Um, now that's normally in the city. I also tried. I also started the Western Sydney Jam Session at at West because there's all these. I mean, I, like I said, I grew up out in Blacktown. I grew. Up, you're from Toongabbie, and yeah, yeah. well, there's a lot of Western Sydney musicians that grew up out here that never had the opportunity. Like I said, I I didn't get to study music in my high school. There was no programs, at least for me, that I could pursue in my backyard or mm-hmm. in Blacktown to just see if I can play somewhere. There wasn't, so I wanted to offer that idea to the Blacktown Arts Centre, and we did. We we had a good run of of monthly monthly jam sessions for Western Sydney. Yeah, yeah. It was an p- opportunity for a lot of the young guys that can't go to the city, yeah. that a lot of the, but are super talented, that can't you know they get a chance to showcase and play with the best. In, some of the best in this country we did a few of the song Hillsong uh, Chapel um, with the help of David and Andrew Kylie Fisher and uh, and now we're finding a new home for it um, I've just been a bit busy to be able to run it it requires a lot of heart and manpower uh-huh. to be able to run it and um, I hope it continues soon and I know it will a lot of people are longing for it the West obviously needs it but uh, recently uh, we were putting on for three months straight. We put on performances at West Point. Like, uh-huh. there was music at West Point, Blacktown Shopping Centre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for th- from November to end of April, it's May now, so it's the over. Um, from Thursday nights to Sunday nights, Thursday night, uh, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday nights, and Sunday after- Sunday afternoons. And hopefully that becomes a seasonal thing wow, that happens cool. again in November. And because of that, was from the back end of the Western Sydney Jam Session. That gave them an opportunity for all these people to showcase themselves in, in Blacktown and a lot of young guys get to watch that man there's talented musicians yeah, out west right, so to me community is important because um, I I don't like I don't like when people leave or pla- want to leave Sydney and they go oh Sydney Sydney there's nothing in Sydney there's nothing for me in Sydney mm-hmm. it's better if I go to the UK it's better if I go to the States and I'm like really like I I can I can understand if I've seen you help the community I can understand if I can if I've seen you grind every week venue after venue song after new song that you've written and then the world keeps telling you no and then you say there's nothing here for me in Sydney maybe Mm -hmm. maybe I'll I'll validate your your views then but even then I'm like I don't like that mindset that they think they want to leave Sydney because there's nothing here. And then I'm gonna ask them, "What have you done for Sydney?" Yes, the lockout laws happened, and a lot of people complain about it. A lot of people complain, "Oh, the lockout laws killed Sydney." I've gigged more than ever. Yeah, right. I, 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 I'll say it. And I never, but I feel like ever, like with the story from when I first started, I feel like I was always at a disadvantage, and I could accept my disadvantage, and let it, and let it be the reason why I'm not where I am or I could go above it and I choose to always go above whenever the world says no whenever the, my high school goes sorry there's not enough there's not enough students to make music fine uh, whenever they go uh, you should sorry um, you should probably just do medical science and continue because it's safer you know I could continue to live my life like that Or you, sorry there's no music out west nah there's there's something yeah, and you yeah. need to start it I also ask these guys that move and I go, what makes you think I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to question them, but it's just a, maybe an open-ended question that what makes you, which all most questions are, I think <laughs> um, they should, or at least they should be. Um, if you're not if you're not succeeding here, what makes you think you're going to succeed in LA where the music industry is tougher and the, the quality of music is higher? It's, it's it's a real question that I want to ask out there that mm. you, you think you're gonna as a let's just let's just go I'm just gonna speak on behalf of session musicians here because sometimes artists can have different approaches and different things but let's just go with it as, as a bass player and if a bass player goes to me there's nothing for me in Sydney I'm gonna move to LA why? why is there nothing for you in Sydney? there's not enough gigs why? oh because I'm not getting booked why? because no one wants to play with me why? because then you break down yeah. you break down why does no one play with you? Are, you are you reliable are you on time do you learn the music are you a strong player is your pocket strong do you, do you do your homework are you if you're doing all of that and you're still not getting gigs maybe you're validated but 90% of the time they're not uh-huh. so I, th- I think by, by, by community I mean is that if I ever did choose to leave um I don't want to say Sydney sucks there's nothing for me in Sydney I want to go no I came from a city that helped me create opportunities I came from a city that I got to share what I love I came from an old town in Blacktown where there was no music to now there's Western Sydney Jam to now there's music at the, the mall yeah yeah yeah. you know like I don't I don't like excuses I think excuses are, are just projections of people's fears and they use it and they, and they disguise it as practicality yeah wow you know and I think that's, that's why community is important to me I, there's if I you know I'm not I don't want to leave Blacktown and be like ah, stuff this town nothing's here I want to be like no, some young guys saw those nights and be like I want to play music I can do it here I can present my stuff in Blacktown I can showcase my stuff in Western Sydney I'm from Western Sydney I can make music I can do music for a living because I did I could have used Western Sydney as an as an excuse not to have been able to pursue. I could have said, ah, there's guys in the eastern suburbs doing all these jazz bands and doing all these big programs, and I didn't. And then I could use that as an excuse, but I don't. I think it's not enough. But if you go wider, the Sydney community itself, the Australian community itself, I think it's important. I, I think it's important to invest in it. Because the reason why... The reason why the music in the jazz the reason why jazz in New York is of such high quality is because they're all pushing each other to be better, mm-hmm. and if it's not good enough, they will say it uh when Coltrane got a bottle thrown at him when he couldn't play changes mm. yes we, we I'm not saying <laughs> <laughs> no to violence guys but um <laughs> but I think. If everyone had a sense of community and wanted the community to be better, then and only then will the community, well, the music in let's just say in Sydney, flourish. Mm. Everyone will flourish. Everyone will benefit if we all push for the scene to be better. I I the reason why I do it is because I hope I inspire others. I hope I inspire people to invest in community. I hope they see that if I ever did go I don't want him to go well that's it there's no one pushing nah that's not my goal my goal is to make people go I need to do something yeah awesome, you know? I think that, I think that's why community is important and if and of course you're playing with people it's, you know like a, a, you know like you don't want to be just Eric the great bass player you want to be like oh my goodness there's all those great musicians there's a collective it's like the avengers if you know like iron man's great but the reason why they're all amazing because they're all amazing yeah, and, they're yeah. all, and they they all add whatever they add to the team <laughs> anyway i love that i got that in there
0: that's cool man that's awesome i love that i love that about you and i love that about um yeah the scene. people i mean it making a better place
1: i'm getting emotional damn it <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like we were saying before we were recorded, but yeah, you know, what I loved about those all those gigs that we did and and the gigs I'm doing now it's it's the music's great, but making music with people,
1: yeah, connecting with people on that levels a very cool thing it's important man it's it, and it's what lasts no. it it's like um the like for example, us, it's like we haven't played in a long time, but it's the relationship of us is what lasted. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we didn't play for a little little while there, but man, like, though that sense of community just between us, yeah, it's like it's, it's 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 what lasted. It's what the reason now we are where we are, and we've met in this, we've met again at this, at this at this moment. Yeah, absolutely. People forget that, and I I think more people need to invest in on others because it's also an investment on themselves.
0: Oh. <laughs> very cool man that's great I think we should close off by making some music yeah let's do it and we'll wrap it up yeah let's do it Eric Fortaleza,
1: so. thanks for coming back on the show man thanks Matt thank you so much thanks for letting me share thanks for giving me a platform to just uh, talk for I don't even know how long it's been I don't but, know either it's um, been good man yeah, <laughs> it's been great thanks for letting me chat and just share what I do and um, I'm glad I get to play with you again and man I really appreciate it I really appreciate it and I, I hope we continue to share more
0: yeah, for sure. Awesome.
1: Yeah. You 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 take the you take the you take the charge. Really? Yeah, a, okay. okay. Something a bit more up tempo and. and
0: Oh, cool, man. Loved it.